0: Bitches from the Hood podcast will be returning back March 6, 2020. It'll be our first show of the new year. We ask that you guys stay tuned with us as we put together an amazing show. We thank you guys for sitting tuned with us while we had audio. Not only will we be continuing with audio on every platform, streaming platform, but we will also be available on YouTube, and we'll have live shows moving forward in the in the new year. So we do ask that you guys kindly stay tuned with us, but we will definitely be returning March six. Thank you to our loyal listeners. Hello, hello, hello! Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. This is Keisha, and you are tuned in to Bitches from the Hood podcast. This podcast today, it will not feature any of the ladies today. We've not started up started back yet, but I figure I will record and give a little bit of update more so about my past journey of dealing with narcissistic abuse and kind of a life update. <clears throat> if you have listened before, <clears throat> excuse me. Then you will know that I had previous segments where I spoke about abuse and being in a ten-year narcissistic relationship with my children's dad. Um, currently, if you catch you guys up a little bit, it would be good to click the links below and catch up on the episodes. But as of now, I wanted to do a little bit of quick of an update of what I've been going through lately with that and um, prospering, you know, and trans and uh, transpiring and getting better in my healing process of leaving. So um, if you guys want to stay tuned, and then we'll get into a couple topics to talk about about that. So keep it with me, stay tuned, get you a snack, get you a drink, and if you like to smoke a little bit of hookah like me, get you some hookah. I'll have a little bit of my hookah and maybe a, possibly a glass of wine. Uh, stay tuned. So, a quick recap of what we will be discussing, what I will be discussing in this episode segment. First off, I'm so happy to um, be able to do the podcast right now. Uh, Again, we have not did the podcast because we were experiencing a lot of technical difficulties. We wanted to come back with the best sound, the best quality, the best equipment. And we also wanted to do it from a visionary aspect. We were getting a lot of emails where people were requesting to see us. Um, I understand that because most of the time you want to tie a voice to a face. You want to tie a a voice to a journey. You want to feel these people. You want to know these people, especially as you can relate to the story. So because of that, we have chosen to, you know, put our platform on a bigger platform as far as like YouTube and and choosing the future to do live shows. So as we grow, you guys grow with us. So we want to make it the best, the best, the best quality as possible. So. Part of this podcast what I'm going to talk about one majority, I want to give a little bit update and I want to kind of do more of information segments as to what I was going through with dealing with abuse and, you know, how, how have I transitioned from that? If I can help people, if I can, uh, you know, help people to know what I've gone through and to be more of like educational. Now, I do want to point out that I am not a therapist. I'm not a clinical psychiatrist. I do not specialize in talking, you know, and treating people for narcissistic abuse or giving pointers. This is just experience. This is all that I've gone through. And these are just experience that I've learned from. So I'd like to add that as a disclaimer. So what I want to talk about first with this, I'd like to give you guys a little bit of an update first and then i'll move towards you know speaking about healing after narcissistic abuse i know a lot of people especially within the african-american you know culture and us as people we don't really speak about abuse a lot a lot of us we've been taught to um not speak about therapy counseling sessions anything like that and i think that it's time that as black people that we start to reach more into that a lot of people are suffering and uh, not just, you know, out loud suffering with mental problems, but people are suffering internally. They don't speak about it. And um, I, I want to shed light on this and what I went through because I know that I was one of those people. I've definitely suffered in silence for years and years and years. And I wouldn't even let close family members in on what I was going through until I had reached my breaking point and I just couldn't go through it anymore. So what I want to start with is a little bit update. Since then, I, if you listen to old podcast episodes of me speaking about uh, James, James is my kid's uh, father. Uh, he was my abuser, And um, I'd like to start, you know, talk about I tried to transition. You know, I, I went on and I tried to heal, you know, with dealing with James. I, I even stopped talking about him because it was affecting me so much that I, I didn't want to keep bringing it up. So I felt that one day while I was sitting in therapy, I said to myself, I said, hey, I think that is very, I think it's very important that I just stop talking about him on the show for now until I reach a point where I become more comfortable to talk about it, to where it doesn't affect me, to where I'm able to reach, to where I have reached a point where I've healed. Mm-hmm. I'm not able, I wasn't able to do that at that time, so I wanted to stop. So now that I've allowed myself because I believe since I talked about it, it was in the beginning when I left James. And it's only been 10 months. So I left James in June. A uh, situation that I talked about before when he was going back and forth. And uh, he actually got caught cheating. This was not the first time that he has cheated out of 10 years. He's did a lot more of sneak, sne- you know, sneaky and deceitful things than that, that I've caught. So um, it was my very first time of me leaving. And because I left, I've been more stronger I have been much stronger in my healing process. I've been much more happier. Uh, I I've, I've did a little bit of update where I was talking about that I dated and, you know, things like that. I've met some remarkable people I spoke with. I even went on to have friends. But at this point in my journey, I've decided that I'm going to be celibate. And uh, I, I'm going to talk more about, you know, being celibate with the girls when we go back into, you know, sex and things like that. But I am a guarantor being be a celibate for at least two years. So I'm not to give myself time. I want to give myself time to, um, you know, allow my mind to heal much more. You know, I realized that I was, you know, kind of, I don't want to say settling, but I think I was moving too soon. And because of that, I did not allow myself to get the time that I needed to be by myself to grasp being by myself. So I started to uh, go a little bit and I would feel like uh, I would still feel loneliness within the, the short-term relationships that I've allowed into my life. And uh, part of the reason that it was me, so I went in the relationship besides, you know, things that, you know, besides things that the, the guy that I've dated, you know, possibly had, went through mentally and things like that. But I don't have to go so much into that, but I made the choice to go celibate. So um, I will speak more about my celibate journey moving forward. And I will um, also talk about... You know, how, how am I coping with that? You know, what ways am I arranging to move towards celibacy? And how, you know, what's my day-to-day being celibate? <clears throat> but I will talk about a little bit of that now, but I won't go so deep into it. I might dedicate a podcast to an episode. But for the most part, what I do every day is pretty much I will focus upon my kids. That's number one. I get up every morning. I leave my day in a prayer before I do anything, before I, I don't care, before I use the bathroom. I get on my knees and I kneel and I pray. And as I get the kids dressed and before we start our day, um, we pray. And um, I might refer to my scriptures in the morning if I have time. But if not, then if I have time before the end of the day or before lunchtime, I always try to read it before lunch. So um, my scriptures really help me to be lifted. And right now I'm reading scriptures on staying focused in the Bible and, you know, learning a little bit more as well as reading scriptures about celibacy. And uh, a lot of scriptures about strength and healing. Um, I have learned that I can't do it without God. And before I was this person that was like so heavy into God and reading scriptures and, you know, just being strong in my faith. And I started to realize that I don't have as much warfare as I need. And you know, uh if you're not strong in your warfare, if, if if this is someone that believes in God, that's listening, then you know what I mean. But for my listeners, that is, that is, that is not, then it doesn't make a difference. However you feel peace within yourself and getting peace, then that is the peace that you shall follow. But moving on, i um basically, I couple with it that way. I, I make a little bit of time of reading my books. I make time for myself. I realized that I lost myself so long in the process that I didn't make much time for myself. you know it's time that I had to start get back getting back to loving myself. I had to get back to you know knowing what it was that makes Keisha happy, whether that was um going shopping, you know, going to talk to a good friend you know, and being there for other people that makes me so happy internally. I like, I'm a person that I like to be more so of a... Like the black sheep. I like to fix problems where there are problems And Meaning, like, if people are having, you know, bad situations, you know, like, um, communication. I, I like to fix it because I work off this mechanism of love that's in me. And I want everybody to feel it. And I want to diffuse, you know, if I can diffuse my peers around me, and people around me, to just be better all around. And um, <clears throat> I just want to... You know, learn and maintain that, and with that, I, I would like growth to continue in my life. So, I make sure that I stay steadfast upon what it is that I'm doing every day to pay attention to myself. You know, so I I do a lot of self healing in that department, and uh, most importantly, I always try to just be better. So, before we get into more of you know how I've been healing, but I want to talk about a little bit more of an update as far as what I've been going through. You know, dealing with James. Um, I really hate to talk about James, I'm going to be honest, but I know that I'm in a place where I've healed and I, I cannot continue to hold things in that he's been doing. And I just want to, you know, help people to understand more so, how does it feel to go on after healing, being in a narcissistic, you know, relationship of suffering from abuse? So there may be women that have kids or men that have children that they still have to deal with their partner for the sake of the kids. I remember before in the podcast, I said that I was not going to, you know, continue to deal with him because I didn't want the kids to continue to deal with stress and abuse. So I always monitor it, you know, so I knew very on that I said that I wasn't going to let it get in debt. So the moment that it tried, that it goes out of the way, then I will stop it. <clears throat> So with that being said, um, James and I, he's, I took him to court. That did not work out. The reason being that it did not work out because I took him to court. He made an agreement in front of the judge, yada, yada, yada. He never sent in payment. So, um, I let months go by, you know, I said to, I filled out the paperwork as to getting the, uh, funds, you know, taken from, garnished from his checks and, and, um, he found the way around that. He told me he told people that he works for, his, who he contracts his accounts for, to tell the state that he does not work for them anymore. So um, James is playing very dirty, but James isn't very smart. So I'm, I'm not making this podcast all about that, but I, I felt that I want to update. You know, the battle of the evil, the stress of dealing with somebody like this. So um, with that being said, you know, I have to get an attorney, take him back to court, do it the right way. And now not only are we not going to reach an agreement because I agreed upon an amount and so did he. I'm going to go off his business taxes. I'm going to go off everything that he makes to fee- see in my own of more. Or am I, you know, by all means necessary if I'm owed less? Doesn't matter. The point is that he needs to have his money garnished from him. So I no longer have to deal with communicating with him at all. I'm sick of him at this point. And um, one thing, too, I like to point out with the co-parenting because I kind of moved past that. I have, first of all, I did not know, you know, James' ex-girlfriend at the time. You know, there were things that happened that, um, you know, we got off on the bad foot, on the wrong foot. And um, I, since then, we have kind of, you know, mended things, and I, the girl has been okay with me. You know, she has done things for my kids that I appreciated. You know, she has kind of helped with co-parenting when Zachary will be, like, sick, and I've dealt with his ass when I had to work. Uh, she, she has played a good part. And uh, this is not to bash her. I appreciate her. You know, this has nothing to do with her. But the fact of the matter is is that uh, this has a lot to do with James. So, um Part of the reason what i would like to say is that i have allowed the kids to um you know come in the presence of them before i was very leery and weary about that because it was very new to me you know my kids i don't have kids by anybody prior so this is my first experience with having to uh, share my kids and having to trust people so um I, I feel that you know it was a good thing and the kids were okay you know until incident happened one day uh where dylan said something about her child her child has um, uh, issues, health issues, and uh, Dylan mentioned something that he, you know, wasn't aware of. Now, I talked to the kids prior to them coming over, and I also had a conversation with her prior to, because I worried about, you know, her feelings if the kids were to not be understanding to her son's condition. So, I wanted to make sure that the kids were mainly respectful and that they were patient, you know, as well as her patience. So, that's why I spoke about it. So, Dylan, unfortunately, he, he asked a question that was not you know, very respectful, but he did not do it in in a demeaning way. He didn't say it in front of her. And um, James ended up, he said it to James, and James had immediately spat at Dylan, and he was about to punch him, and he tells him, you know, very loudly, he says to him, don't say no fucking dumbass shit like that. You know, as, as a father and as a mother, we're taught to teach our children to understand things. That is a part of the parent parental growth of raising these kids. And uh, he's a child himself, mentally. So I can understand why he's like that, you know, but I try to, I, I put the needs of my kids first. So Dylan has never, when I say my kids, you know, even when we have stayed, you know, with their father, we all live together. And I have always done the discipline and, you know, he never knew how to do so. He doesn't know how to be a father. And when this happened, you know, Dylan came in and he's just like, mom, daddy's mean. I don't want to go back over there. And I, as I'm telling my son to explain to me what happened, he bursts out in the biggest cry that I begun to cry because it hurt me to know that my child was hurt in a way like that because of something that he said that was inappropriate. It was stupid and it was ignorant. And it was dumb, something that shouldn't even happen as a parent to say to a child that does not understand another child's condition. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense, you know. So it, it really pissed me off. So since then, my kids will never, ever come back around James. They'll never be in the presence of him. The abuse will not continue. So I made the choice to, you know, pull away from that. So besides that, that was one thing. You know, we have dealt with that. Me and the kids talk about it. Now. All I can do is console dealing with it. And I think dealing them a better name, much game with not coming back around him. So um, I, I'm very thankful for that. But as we move a little bit more forward into an update uh, back to Child Support, um, James, we were get into arguments because he did not pay the system. You know, and it's unfortunate that he is a person that is like this. And uh, because he's not paying the system and cooperating, he chooses to be a miserable either person because he knows he needs to take care of his kids. He will sit in my face and tell me, well, not sit in my face, but call me. And we would like, text, you know, about payment. And he will be like, hey, um, you know, can you meet me here, you know, yada, 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 but never answer the phone. You know, just childish stuff. It's just stupid. You know, he acts like he's going to pay and doesn't pay. But here's the thing. A normal person that's moving on from a relationship especially in our situation where we hate each other and it's nothing that's going to come good of that and I hate that I have to deal with this man and see with this man if I can go on with my life and I could just get my payments taken from child support if he pays it and I don't have to call him about it then that would be good instead this man wants me to call him come meet him for cash money get a letter notarized who does all of that I'm just going to say it plain out there who does that I don't know whether you want to see me because you're miserable and you like to argue with me. Move on. It makes no sense. It just doesn't because I know I hate a person gut so much. I want to move on in my life. It's like he is constantly trying to be an issue in my life. And it's, it's just the misery of him. Like I've tried to co-parent. That didn't work. We're done with that. I've tried to take him to court so that I don't have to deal with him to get the finances directly from the state. That didn't work. He found the loophole around that that he thought he was smart about, but it won't work in the end. So, um, besides that, it's just pitiful the way he is. But, you know, it's nothing I can do with that. You know, I just try to move on for the sake of my kids and try to move on with my life to be happier. You know, I, to deal with somebody like this is sad. So, I wanted to point that out about an update of what I'm going through. But, moving apart from that... Uh, I would like to point out, too, that within those text messages, oh, he will throw fits like a child. He would say, I'm not going to finance your lifestyle. You know, first of all, the amount of money that he is owed to pay, he has two small children and he owns a business. He does not work at McDonald's. I would also like to point out that I used to work for James. I used to get these accounts for him, call people, and I also used to look for spaces where his ass used to go eviction from eviction. You know, so I've been there. I've watched the bank of the records. We've been together through a lot of things, through business, getting started with people that he know as far as who he gets loans from now today. So it's very funny that he does not realize that I know how much he makes. (laughs) Well, he realizes he knows it, but it's just pitiful the way he is. He has two little kids. And then this is the number one thing that he would like to point out that I would never understand. I'm not going to take care of you or no dude. You know, who says that? That sounds like a bitter man at the end of the day the state is authorizing payments for him to pay for his children this money is for your children to be taking care of do you understand that if it was a man what could you do about that yeah go ahead put on table get your new bottle sorry about that zachary disturbed me but the thing is that i'm trying to say is that even if he he felt that I'm taking care of a man. Whatever he said is stupid shit or, you know, whatever. It doesn't make any sense. At the end of the day, this is a payment that needs to be paid. And when this payment is paid, it's for the child. And that payment is paid directly to me. It doesn't matter what I do with it. Let's be honest. And it definitely ain't for the take care of a damn man. But it does not matter what I do with it. Guess who it gets paid to? Keisha Thomas. That money is mine it's for the sake of these kids. And, you know, hopefully one day, you know, he'll come to his senses. But being a narcissistic person that he is, he never will. So uh, moving on. So I want to get into a little bit more of the educational process. of speaking about narcissism. um, I would like to talk about, and and I I went over a couple stats because I was reading a book. I read, I've been reading a lot about self-healing books and things like that. A lot of books on narcissism and surviving narcissism. So um, I have looked into statistics. And this is on psychology.com. I see that over 158 million people in the U.S. suffer as survivors of narcissistic abuse. That is a lot of people. Who are the people that are, you know, suffer from narcissistic abuse? That is someone like myself. Um, again, you know, a lot of people don't, may not know that they are involved in narcissistic relationships. How you will know this is if you go to Google. Or, I would like to point out first. To make sure that you are going through narcissistic relationship, take a journal, jot down the experiences that are happening. You know, compare so that way when you go look up the symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder, and you can see you know what's going on. You really can't tell off the narcissistic personality disorder if you Google that. You have to see if, if you're in a relationship. You will have to Google and see the narcissistic personality disorder, the narcissist personality disorder in relationships. <laughs> You will have to look that up in order to see the symptoms of what people go through in relationships. It will be highlighted all there in Google. Um, it gets a bit tricky because I know that I never heard of the term narcissist until I was Googling it after my experience. If you want to know what I went through, you have to look at the old episodes. But what prompted me to uh, you know, Google was because I wasn't sure of what I was going through. I always knew that during the text messages of my kid's father like begging for attention, you know, the way he was was like equivalent of a child mentally. The things he would do, the things that he didn't do in the house, it just didn't make sense. I would notice that if you get in it with him like as far as like an argument and you're like, hey, you, you didn't help with the baby last night or can you help me? I don't feel good. Or, you're crying and you're like, I need to go work a job. I need to do this. He will be holding me confined. He will not help me with the things that I need to do. Uh, it was as if that that he needed me, and um, I never understood that, it was like a codependency that I could see, but I could not understand it, so when this would occur, what prompted me to Google it was a uh, serious fight that we had, that was very, you know, it was very questionable, and that's what made me Google it, so when I ended up, you know, Googling, looking to things, I started to break down the spectrum. Everything that I've gone through over those years, I started to see that, hey, he is indeed narcissistic. Uh, I had to match a lot of the symptoms. When you go through it, you'll see a broad range of things. And and don't get me wrong, a lot of everybody has a little bit of narcissism in them. And when I say this, I'm not saying like uh, the personality disorder. We're saying that what is normal. Like if I'm sitting in the mirror and I'm obsessed with myself, that could be classified as a little bit narcissism. Or if I, if I, if I am uh, obsessing over things that, you know, of overindulging in things of myself or things that I can have. And when it is done overly excessively, then we have got a problem. When you hear people, like, over-obsessing about their self, like, oh, I, I made this $100 million, I'm going to make another $100 million and I, that's all they talk about, they need your assurance of, you know. It's almost like they need you to make them feel good for their constant praise and appreciation. They need you to praise them. It's like it's like having a job where you need a pat on your back as a child. And uh, another thing, too, I'd like to point out um, is that sometimes it will be hard to see it. You will really have to evaluate because they are smart. They like to play manipulation games. They'll like to detour from everything that you would say, or they would do a lot of gaslighting. If you don't know what gaslighting is, you will need to look it up. Um, they would do a lot of, you know, self-blaming, victim-blaming. They would blame things upon you. You have to look deeply into these things to see. But I wanted to talk about a little bit more ways of healing because I've been on the forefront of healing. And it, and it was not an easy situation. Um, it took me quite some time. going to be honest. It took me a long time. But these months have been so good to me. Because I needed the experience. I needed times where I need to break down and cry. I needed times to know that, you know, I will find my way and that it will get better. You know, sometimes you get accustomed to the lifestyle that they have made you a part of, especially if your narcissist had had a lot of money, you know, things like that that you got used to. And um, sometimes you you may have good days, you may have bad days where you lose everything. And then um, this narcissist person at the end was there to pick you up, you know. So you have to get used to leaving that lifestyle alone for good. Um, with me, my child support payments is something that I'm going to leave alone for good because I don't have time to keep dealing with that. I will let the state deal with it. When I take them back to court, I'll let the attorney deal with it. I cannot keep calling the man for money because sometimes many kids may be in a financial bind, you know, or sometimes it's just downright. I need more money to take care of these damn kids sometimes, you know, it's a lot, you know? So I had to learn for myself that I had to let that go over the months and it was a hard transition, but it's gotten a lot better. And you know, um, <clears throat> as far as, you know, moving on, I had to know that I need to get out more. In the beginning, I used to uh, deal with a lot of, you know, sadness because I was so, how can I put it? I was a very, I used to could not accept the fact that I had been so good to a person and this person would hurt me like this. You know, when you're a good person, it affects you a lot because you're this giving person. You're this good hearted person. But those are the people that they take advantage of the most. And when it's time for your discard to come from these people, it is the worst experience that you could ever embark upon because it takes a lot. It takes a strong, strong person. And when you read about, you know, leaving after narcissistic abuse, you will see that it takes a very strong person to move on from them because it's not easy. It's not easy of all the, the manipulation that they'll put you through, all the abuse that you've been through. It's very difficult when you go. And, um, but... You can't heal and you can't get on from it. A lot of people have to also realize that the brain is a self-healing organism at times. You have to, organ, I say organism, (laughs) organ. You have to allow yourself time to grieve. And this goes for any relationship. When any relationship has broken up or departed, however, you know, it is the same. The grieving process is the same. It's equivalent to death. Uh, in death, you have two different terms of death. You have a sudden death, and then you have a death that you can prepare for. A lot of times, that death that is suddenly, which I like to, um, I like to compare a little bit to narcissistic, when a nar- narcissistic abusive fiber leaves, uh, that becomes more of a sudden death because you don't know what hits you. You, you you worry about your long road ahead. You worry, Lord, am I going to find somebody? Am I going to be happy? I need to get out of this house. I've been confined to this person for so long. I had to get past that. You know, it's a lot to get past. You know, um, a lot of times I struggled with that in the beginning, but I've got so much better with it. I can say that I'm so happy now in my life that only thing that bothers me, that was bothering me, that I decided to let go was the support. That's it. That's all. I was sick of it. Like, I felt that I have these kids. It's not fair to me to raise these kids on my own. And I don't give a damn who you are, you know. It's just not fair to me. It's just not. And um, I had to learn that, you know, I, I can't allow it to stress me out. I'll allow the state to deal with things. And I'll just move on from it, you know. I got two kids. I don't have older kids. I have small children, you know. And, um, you know, since then, I've been, you know, a lot better moving on from that. But as far as um, the healing process, um, it's also good to get up, you know, get out, go talk to people, read a book. You know, don't sit still long all the time, you know, confide in friends. Go to work, you know, when you talk to people, you know, get around different people. Don't be confined to just one certain person or closed off. It's very important to get around people to learn new things. I'm a lover of learning. I've learned things that um, right now I'm learning how to speak Spanish. I'm getting back to the things that, that I like to do. So um, I like to get around very successful people and understand how do I gain knowledge. Um, not only do I understand how do I gain knowledge, but it's also good to sit around those people like that because those people can be a very strengthening tool to the inner core of the abuse that you're going through. Those people are very powerful and strength because people who are successful, they have gone through so much to get there. So a lot of times success does not come overnight. You know, uh, it takes a lot to get to that point. So with dealing with somebody that's narcissistic uh, It just takes a lot It takes a lot for you to get through it But you will get through it uh, It makes it even harder for somebody in my shoes Because I have kids by this person that I had to deal with But no more You know, I don't care what the state say I don't give a shit what nobody says And After what my kid's dad said after all that happened I forgot to mention that too He said, I told him that the kids would never come back around He immediately said, so, I don't give a fuck Don't worry about it, they don't have to come You know, he just didn't care you know, and that's just how they are. Typically, they don't give a shit about anybody or anything but themselves. So um, excuse my French, but <clears throat> I want to make sure I didn't forget a lot of things. So from that statistic, when I said over 158 million uh, narcissist abuse survivors in the world, there are over 158 million people that suffer from narcissistic abuse. Um, there are also one in twenty-five million people who has the personality disorder of narcissist personality disorder. Um, that is a huge range of people. Uh, it may not look like a lot, but it's a lot because of people we're dating and uh, we're dealing with people day to day in life and it does not exclude family. There are people who are in ride families or small families who suffer from this. and you know, uh they are being told that this is a secret and we're a special people and nobody knows anything about this. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot to take in, but just imagine, you know, it's, this world is big and to meet these people, that is a lot. That's a huge spectrum to think about. But um, I want to point that out, and then also I want to point out more of the healing mechanisms. Um, there are also job—they're not job, but I'm sorry—there are columns and communities on the internet of people who go through narcissistic abuse and they are survivors there's so many resourceful tools where you can look on youtube youtube will explain to you certain situations about narcissistic abuse you will hear other people who are going through the same things that you are going through the same stories and that itself can be a strengthening tool to lift you out of what you're going through um another thing too you need to get back to what you are passionate about Make sure that you're following your dreams and not your addictions. I get up every morning and I um, I tell myself that, <clears throat> not to be that I'm addicted to anything, but I just it, it's a constant reminder that it makes me always make sure that I'm following my dreams and not my addictions. Meaning that sometimes we can have too much. I might have too much food that day. I might have too much wine that day. I might have too much hookah that day. But I want to make sure that I'm following my dreams and my goals. So... It's it's just something you know to think about, but I wanted to give a touch upon that you know on a little bit update as well as my healing and um, I also believe that you know people can do it. You know you have to be encouraged to understand you know that this is a process that takes time to get through, but you will get through it. Believe me, I've sat many nights, I've cried, I've sat many of days, I've cried, and I had no idea where I was gonna go from there. But I know that I wasn't going back. And I know that I'm never going back. And uh, the fact of the matter is, is that even back in conversational arguments, I don't give a shit. I don't lend myself for none of that. You know, I'm going to change my phone number again. That's how serious I am about it because I get sick of it. You know, I've learned that over time, things will mend itself. And and like I said, again, it goes back to the brain being an organ that is a self-healing organ if you allow it. If you allow things to come to pass, if you allow things to, um, you know, just just breeze by, you know, don't think about the pain, become stronger, and stay upon the things that you are focused upon and start to build, it will get better. I so, I'd like to take a little bit of break, and then I want to come back with a little bit more uh, statistics and a little bit more fact checked about um, healing for narcissistic abuse survivors, and uh, that's pretty much it. I want to keep a little bit more statistics going. And, I want to try to point you guys to different websites and things like that that help when I was speaking about the community columns that other people may join in on. So um, please stay tuned. Please stay tuned and I'll be back shortly. So I'm back in this part of the segment. This will conclude Uh, I will conclude about the narcissistic abuse and where you guys can find resources. If you know somebody that's going through narcissistic abuse that does not talk about these issues or is unaware of what they may be experiencing, this is the website that you guys can, you know, check out and kind of contact in. To get resources as far as others that have been in the same situation and, share, and shared the same similarities as you, they can offer help as far as like conversation-wise. Or you can also always remember that you can seek a therapist for counseling. Then you can also look at these websites. You should go to change.org. Change.org is a uh, national website for narcissistic abuse and all abuse. Uh, it has information on there to um, tell you what kind of abuse are you experiencing, as well as uh, narcissist abuse support. Uh, NarcissusAbuseSupport.org It is the same And I believe they have hotline numbers for this Also, YouTube is a really good tool to use to watch videos about gaslighting, narcissistic abuse. There are so many resources to tell you what kind of relationship that you are involved in. And again, always remember that it doesn't have to just be a relationship. It could be a coworker. It could be a boss. It could be a family member. Could A lot of times narcissists come from a family of narcissists. A lot of times they appear to be these these heavily nice people. Their mom is nice. Their father is very nice, extremely nice. Uh, this, these are people that are hiding behind facades. facades. So you can definitely um, look at those resources. But again, if you are trying to figure out what kind of relationship that you are in, then you will go to these resources and you will also Google nar- the narcissist personality disorder in relationships. That will help you enough. So um, again, the next episode I'm going to break down, I want to start breaking down a little bit more of how I identify these, you know, situations and uh, narcissists, you know, being, ten years in a relationship that I was in with my narcissist. So, um, I wanna break down a lot of situations. You know, I like I said before in the previous episodes, it was a fight that me and James had that showed me that he wasn't right, that something was going on mentally. And uh again, you know, over time I had a situation where, you know, I called the police upon him because of something that he did at the house and, you know, we got into a huge argue and a scuffle one day. And uh he was just so, you know, wicked and evil the things that he was doing. And uh, because I called the police, we had a domestic dispute where he put his hands on me for no reason. This followed up in the beginning of what was going on, you know, from the last. We had to listen to the old episodes. This is what triggered me to figure out, you know, what was going on. It made me Google and see. And as I Googled, I started to put his symptoms and related to each symptom. So when I Googled, but before when he did this to me, you know, he assaulted me. I called the police and he literally took a kitchen knife. And he kept trying to stab me repeatedly in stabbing motions. Uh this was to put me in fear. Uh, I also believe that had I I don't know, you know, a lot of times that haunt me because I always think about that moment and it's very traumatizing what he had did to me. And uh he he definitely took a kitchen knife and it was a scary experience. The kids were in the room and he constantly tried to stab me in stabbing motions i'll never forget that and then he'll tell me well i never tried to do that to you i just didn't want you to call the police you know all this crazy shit and i knew he was crazy then but it took me years before that to know that he had mental problems because of the certain text messages that i would get from him i would get text messages like a two-year-old child crying out just blatantly would be crying out for attention you know you i was so good in my relationship i wouldn't even be doing anything i would be a devoted you know fiance at the time taking care of those kids and And I'll be getting up, you know, doing things for the kids. And he'll just be like, you don't give me the right attention. You don't pay no attention. Like a child. You know, I also had noticed that when I would be in the house and me and the kids are in the house, he would immediately tell us, we're always on our phone. You know, then I would notice that it became a sense of control. Because he didn't want me to be on the phone when he walked in. You know, it would be a lot of crazy shit. This is the way of somebody gaslighting and shaping and molding your mind. And over time, you would start to see that. You would start to conform to that behavior so i noticed that the phone thing was one thing and i would like hurry up and get off the phone when he comes in that is a sense of control he didn't like electronics because he wants that attention and also i used to realize that he didn't want me to look into resources about his personality disorder he didn't want me to go google things and realize that he has an issue or two he used to isolate me from my family a lot how did he used to do this um He would more so continuously tell me my family isn't nothing. They're jealous. You know, things like this. That is called gaslighting. You know, he would do a lot of, you know, of that. And then a lot of times I would come around my family. I tried to come at an event before my family was having. My family had even had barbecue events for my birthday, all kind of stuff. And this man literally one day rolled off on me. And I had, you know, the kids were with me. They were at my mother's house. But because I wanted to attend my cousin's 4th of July party, this man literally rolled off and left me. He has huge psychological problems that I, I can't wait to tell every story I've been through to lead up to this point. So I'm going to go more in depth about the relationship the next, you know, episode that I'll do. But I think the first episode I'm going to put out, I will have a a psychiatrist. Her name is Dr. Natalie Jones. And I'm going to have her come on here and explain narcissistic abuse and the difference between dealing with a sociopath and narcissism. So she's going to break it down a lot more. She is a certified psychiatrist. She's been doing this for many years. She also has her own podcast. It's called A Date With Darkness. And uh, she breaks down the narcissistic personality disorder a lot more than I can because I'm not a, uh, I'm just a person from experience. I'm not a professional. So, um, so... Again, I'm going to go more in depth in the next episodes. But like I said, I'm going to talk more about my relationship experience and what I went through. I'm going to tell all those stories soon. I just haven't had the time again. And I also wanted to make it amiss to know that I had went through so much. I was not healed because I was freshly out of the relationship. I wanted to give my my mind some time to renew. So now that I'm healed, now that I can go on, now that I'm happy, I can start telling those stories. And uh, also... Two, to conclude this, because I finished this podcast not all at once. I finished it days after. So um James and I, we had a uh, dispute for child support payments that he did not pay. So before, earlier in the episode, I referred to this, but I'd like to uh, conclude it now. So I ended up uh, first. You know, James will tell me every week uh I have this ending amount of money because the ending balance that he paid me in cash and that we had to write into an affidavit all the cash that he's gave to me to clear off two months. So at first, he tells me during a week, well, I got $200. Then I got $230 the following week. He's telling me that this is all he has instead of paying the full $545. Issue I have is that he expected for me to take $260 and just write in the full amount off of what he owed me for the two months you know it's it's sad because he tries to to get me but he thought I was a fool and now that we got that arranged and established that he will see you know I did not I went ahead we we had a dispute at the curse change where he um we met up there and I allowed him to give me four hundred dollars of the money and then he's like well I'll give you 145 dollars the next day so instead I wrote and I told him I showed him the amount I wrote off the amounts that he owed me, minus $145. I mean, the amounts that he has paid to me in cash, minus $145. So when these amounts have been recorded, he's looking at this amount. So I knew he was going to do this, and I just laugh at him because he's so stupid psychologically. Like, this is where the problem mentally is wrong with him. Because who tries to beat out their kid's mother? for a hundred and forty five dollars like it's just sad the way he is it makes no sense so then i i told him i lied and i told him i said well i i went back into the court exchange i got the paper out the outgoing mailbox so now you can't you know it didn't get considered child support but it actually did because i'm going to show him when i take him back to court he's going to owe me more money monthly i'm never going to contact him again He's never going to contact me again because I'm going to change my phone number and he gets on my nerves. He makes me sick of constantly calling me with bullshit. Then just like I said, I had text messages where he's so sick because when we did the transaction at the currency exchange and he told me, well, I'm going to pay you $145 the next day. I had the text messages even when I left and I didn't say nothing to him about it. So then he texted me and said, I'm going to bring it to you tomorrow. Uh, so this man did not he literally said that i guess in thoughts of me coming back into the currency exchange and getting the paper from the guy but this man literally Lie, It's just ridiculous the way he is. And then he's just like, stop calling my phone about the money. And I'm just like, James, you just lied about the money. Who does that? Like, what's wrong with you? And I'm just like, you're the one that said call you. He's just ridiculous the way he is. But again, he'll be calling soon, you know, just to make up any little excuse to bother me because he's just a miserable, evil person. And this time he will not get in contact with me. I need time with my kids. That's never going to happen. We're never going to share joint custody or anything like that again. I need time to go through the holidays and to be happy and to truly heal now that you know that little ass money is paid. So now I'm going to take him back to court and get the amount that I deserve because we had an agreement when we first went to court. So now they're going to go off every source of income that he has. And guess what? I really don't care if he doesn't pay it because I don't need him to pay it anymore. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that it matters is that they're going to take his business license and he doesn't have a license. So there's nothing they can do about that. <clears throat> but eventually he'll go his ass to jail the more that the interest builds up. So. He'll see. So I wanted to conclude that. And then what's going to make it more interesting is when I start to tell these 100% authentic stories about what I experienced of my life with dealing with James. So, again, cheers and chow. And make sure you guys check out those resources. I'm going to try to post some more resources on Instagram as to where you guys can find, you know, narcissistic Abuse resources and help. But always, always listen. Always remember this. It takes time to heal for something like to heal from something like this. When you leave a relationship like this, you have to be a lot of times they resource people who are financially dependent upon themselves or people who have their life going they would take those resources and bring you down. So imagine a lot of times pe- women has to come back from that or men, you know, whatever. You have to come back from that. And I am just slowly starting to progress back into my finances being better and me being back on the path that I used to be. So not only... Am I being better, you know, with that? But my stress levels are lower now. I'm focusing more upon me eating a lot better, my kids a lot better. It's a time to get to that point. So when a lot of times you realize that you're like, well, I'm going to leave him. It's been many a times I've left in our relationship. And uh, I will come back because there were things financially that burdened me. So a lot of times it gets hard. Like you, you might be in it and then you're realizing, well, he cheated. And look at how disgusting. He has no blatantly disregard for it. Like he, this man used to do things and he would just expect for me to forgive him. It doesn't work that way. You know, he doesn't work for the, the forgiveness because he doesn't have any affection. So... If you're laid in bed with somebody and even, I don't know, I'm going to go into that more too of having sex with them because it's all weird. It's not affection. You know, it never was any of that because he can't love. He doesn't know how to love. So that affection is very phony and it cannot be persistent. A real man loves you. He's going to be into you. Love you, love you, love you, love on you. Over time, you will start to see that decrease with dealing with somebody that's narcissistic. They cannot keep it up. And when you really have a baby by one of them, you'll really see the narcissistic personality disorder in them because they, can't, they put on a front and a facade. They do, know how, do, they do not know how to love and everything that it goes into being a child. They are reacting and they are acting as such. So over time, it takes people to see this. But I want to also point out that James has also had a pattern in his relationships. It has been the same. I've spoken to ex people that you've dealt with. It's always it's has always been the same outcome. So somebody that has a lot of children has had a lot of relationships. You have to also look at the fact that somebody like him it's not it doesn't start with the woman. If you listen to him. Everybody was the same. They're mean. You know, once the relationship over, he says the same thing about every girl he's ever deal with. They're mean. They're this and that. You know, they, they just, they get mean after having babies. You know, it's the same shit, but you get mad at him because of his personality disorder there's nothing to fix that so he has a selfish personality disorder he's all for himself and he cannot see his ways he has the most ugliest evil ways as a narcissist and it just doesn't just start with him that's all narcissists it's really hard to to change that pattern because they cannot so if you read more into it you'll understand it and especially if you're in the experience with them you will definitely understand it so um like i said i'll be posting new videos soon and this time it'll be much more uh Juicier, more in debt Because I couldn't get really in debt About a lot of my stories Because money was on the line Now that money is no longer on the line Now I can uh, talk a lot more about it So, um, ciao for now And cheers And hope to talk to you guys soon Bye Looking for us on all available platforms? Go to Instagram and type in Bitches from the Hood Podcast We're listed If you guys are interested also in sending emails, any questions, any voicemails, please submit it to our email. It's going to be fromthehoodpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure the F is capital. We'll meet you on the other side.